It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Tiger fans, welcome back to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I am the Corey C. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. We're everywhere that you find podcasts, whether it be the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. So be sure to follow the show and tell every Tiger that you know. And of course, when you support Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, it all helps the cause, which is the I love. Jackson State University. And we're back with a special guest, former JSU football player, and he has a lot going on right now. He's looking to make a name for himself. He's looking to catch the attention, catch the eyes of some professional scouts and some pro teams. So we want to bring him on finally, have him talk all about it. Jump ball, George. (laughs) Finally, man, welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate you. Absolutely, man. We've always wanted to have you on. You know, we show all our Tigers love. But for me, it was one thing I want to go ahead and get out of the way right now. I've always wanted to ask you this. So I'm going to start off. You already know, man. Jump ball. Let's hear it, man. That nickname. First of all, I love it. It's like the perfect nickname. It can cover multiple sports. But but tell me, how'd you get the nickname? Let's talk about it. Um, So it's not self-proclaimed. Okay, okay. I had a coach that's actually one of my mentors. His name is Jason Carter. And he was one of the coaches that took a chance on me while I was young and started training me, helped me develop my game. So we was at a seven on seven tournament, um, like around the end of my junior year, going to my senior season. And he caused this play up and I'm lined up on the outside and it's like an inside wheel route from the outside. And when I'm coming in, it's a linebacker that's kind of on my hip and it's a safety coming down. And then, like, I just sprang out of nowhere and come down with the ball. And he was like, man, he was okay. He was like, that was a good play right there. Around that time, that song by Drake came out, that jump man, jump man, jump man. Okay, okay, okay. Up to something. So he was like, okay, jump man, okay. That's how it started off. It was jump man at first. And then, like, throughout the tournaments, I started just mossing people, and it became, like, my identity. So they started calling me Jump Ball George. It was like, he's the jump ball guy. So that's when it became Jump Ball George. So it's stuck. Okay. It's so fitting, man. I, lo- I love the name. And I didn't know, I figured you got it from football, but they, it could be a basketball name as well. So uh, athletic guy like yourself, what, what all sports did you play? We know football. Um, I played football. I played basketball. I come from a basketball family. Like all my brothers, I, I got tons of brothers. They all play basketball. They all hoop. Only ones that really play football is me and my younger brother. And then um, I play volleyball. So I'm from Southern California. So we have yeah, volleyball. And I, I didn't want to play, but you my son play volleyball. I did it. Okay. Okay. I, I was, it's a girl sport, but we had these captains. My captains, I was real uh, cool with in my sophomore year of high school. And it was one of them things like my head coach, David Dunn, shout out to Coach Dunn. He's also like a uh, he's like a father figure in my life, too. I'm real close. And his son is Dalen Dunn, who played at Jackson. Wow. So, wow. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Coach Dunn. Diego. 
he chased me down during the offseason and he was like, uh, he had a rule. You had to play multiple sports. It was his way of keeping us out of trouble. Okay. Wow. So you could stay busy during the offseason or join a club if you wasn't going to play any sports, like be in chess club or something. So he um, asked me what was my third sport playing. I was playing and I was like, I don't know. I'm about to chill. And he was like, that's the wrong answer. He was like, you either run track or play volleyball. And our AD wanted me to play volleyball. <laughs> Wow, so you pick volleyball over track. That's interesting. They chased me down, man, for a while. Like, I kept saying no. They He got our captains to uh, talk me into it, though. So it was real cool. And they showed me the ropes. And I was just riding with those guys the whole time. And we actually – so CIF is a championship. We went to CIF my first year. Yeah, we lost, but we went to CIF my first year of volleyball. So it was pretty dope. We had a great time. So you caught on to volleyball. Were you, were you pretty good? Were you decent? Just okay or – they used to, I don't know, it probably was illegal, but they used to just only have me play the front line. So I played from left to middle to right, then they subbed me out. I wouldn't go into the back line because I couldn't uh, really like that. So, yeah. Right. And what about on the court, man? How nice were you on the basketball court? I was decent. I ain't going to lie. I'm not even the best basketball player in my family. Um, I was, it's funny. Um, my, in my eyes, I always thought I was a guard. So like my favorite, my favorite basketball players is Kobe and Allen Iverson. So I thought I had handles on me. And at that time, yeah. I was taking like I was loving Kyrie Irving's game as well. So I was bag. Like, it's the mixed bag. Yeah, I thought I had a bag, but no, they had me from the wing to the block. I could barely shoot anything mid-range, that was me. And like it's funny, like the only thing I do left-handed is play basketball. So everybody was like, oh, he's a lefty, he's gonna be nice. Nah, man. I was wow. like I was like, shout out to Draymond Green, but I was like a Draymond Green. I just was a hustle player for real. I got my buckets in the paint here and there, but I was snagging boards and I was, you know, saying setting screens and making sure my guards eat. So yeah, right. So it's safe to say you picked the right sport, right? Picked the right sport. Absolutely, yeah. And then coming from where you coming from, I know you want to talk about it. I know you're proud, man. San Diego, man. That's a hotbed, man. We talk about traditionally when you talk about football talent. Even your high school, and I'll let you tell it, but a lot of running backs specifically, but a lot of, again, a lot of great players. So there are some names, man, some guys who came from your high school and then San Diego in general. Okay. So uh, Southeast San Diego is the inner city, San Diego, California. I went to Lincoln High School, and that's the home of Hall of Famer Marcus Allen and Terrell Davis, two mm -hmm. big-time guys. And we had a lot of guys that actually came out of Lincoln and played on the highest level. But those two guys right there, man, it's, it's – it's a blessing to come from a school like that, you know, because instantly when people see that your school had two Hall of Famers, they're like, oh, man, they must have some good players there. Right. Like, and we actually have had a ton of great players. And throughout the years, we've been actually winning a lot more like last season, either last season or season before. They was ranked number three in California under saying uh, in the state. Yep, under Bosco, wow. hey, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. When I played there, we were never that nice. It was good, but we wasn't that nice. So. Them kids are doing their thing up there, man. Shout out to all my little bros at Lincoln. They they going crazy. I train with them in the offseason, too. It's one of them things where I go work out. They're always there. So I chop it up with them. They tell me how everything's going and whatnot. So, yeah. Wow. I love it, man. Yeah, man. A lot of talent, man, coming out of there. Rashawn Salam. Not your high school, but San Antonio. I'm San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego. Uh, Ricky Williams, Reggie Bush. The list goes on and on. So they, they call it, what, Heisman City or something Heisman like that? City, man. Heisman yeah. City. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Any uh, guys that you played against in high school that are notable that went on maybe to play college football that we may know of or even NFL? Um, yeah, so Devin Lloyd that played uh, linebacker at the University of Utah, and then now he's playing for Jacksonville Jaguars. That's one of my cool friends. Um, Rashid Shaheed that played for the Saints. Okay. Got to play against them guys. Got to play against Kyle Phillips. He plays for the Titans. He played receiver. Wow. 
Hey, so yeah, we played against some guys, man. Some competition. There's some names I'm probably leaving out, but there's a lot of guys that you know. California's big, and it's a lot of talent everywhere. So I ran into a lot of guys that that's actually playing on the highest level. And it's funny because I actually see them in the offseason. I see these guys in the offseason. I get to train with them and hang out. That's with awesome. Them. Yeah. Wow. Man, it's huge to know those guys and work with them and train with them. So I know week in and week out, man, in high school, you you, you were going up against it. So to be going on to college, obviously you were prepared because you already faced top-notch competition. So when it was time to go on to college, of course, you started out at Portland State, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so talk about that. Talk about why you chose Portland State and definitely want to hear about your time there. Um, so towards the end of my recruiting process, I was getting a little frustrated. Didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, was talking to a couple schools, but the only one that was taking me serious at the time was Utah Tech, which is now – I mean, it was Dixie State at the time, but now it's Utah Tech. That's what they call themselves now. So um, I was leaning to go there. But then at one point in time, because I also played safety too. So I had schools, a lot of schools reaching out for me to play safety. So San Jose was one of those schools. It was it was a ton of schools. So I didn't know if I was going to play offense or defense. But then as I prayed on it, I got to the part of my process. And I was a stubborn kid too. The, I had a lot of coaches that told me that I, they believed that I would be better on the de- defensive side of the ball because of my size. And I was like, man, you can make a lot of money on that side. I wasn't trying to hear that. So I was like, no, nah, I'm playing receiver. Like, that, that was my mindset. I mean, it's not a good mindset to have, but I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to play offense. I like scoring touchdowns. So um, towards the end of the process, um, I, I knew a couple people that went to Portland State. They reached out, They and then I ain't hear nothing from them for, like, three months, and then out of nowhere they popped back up out the blue. And at first I wasn't even going to take a visit. You know, I was being very prideful and I was like, nah, man, like you guys ducked on me in the process, but they came back and they offered me. So I was like, why not? You know, and my coaches told me like, always take your visit. So um, went out to Portland, Oregon that next day, they came on a Friday. I flew out on Saturday and I fell in love with it, man. I fell in love with the city. You know, it's Nike's town. It's where Nike originated. So like, it's a beautiful city, man. It's one of the best I ever been to in the Northwest and, as from there, man, you know, I was real close with the coach that recruited me there. Um, he was from my area. So I was like, yeah, if you're going to be here now, I'm definitely coming. It's, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was amazed when I got out there. I've seen a lot. And being a kid that just never really got out of his city, you know, it just it does something to you. So it showed me that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The world is bigger and there's so much you can explore and you get to see on your own. Why not go go for it, you know? So that's exactly what I did. And I chose Portland State. I was like, well, man, if they taking a chance on me and they want me to play receiver, I'm going to go here. And, you know, it was some of the best four years of my life, man. I met a lot of relationships, had a lot of bonds with people, man. And some of my closest friends came from there. And I got I was the things that I was taught from the older guys up there, because it was all love when I got there. And, you know, you always got to earn your respect. You know, I came in. I came in. I mean, I always was a humble kid, but I came in thinking I should have played right away. <laughs> had a lot of older guys tell me, like, man, wait your turn. You got so much to give in this game, man. You're a real good kid. You have a crazy work ethic. Stay at it. And. Thank God I red shirted and I listened to my big homies because it was 0 and 12 that year. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, it worked out, man. Like, so um a big name that a lot of people know from Portland State is Anthony Adams. That was my roommate. Okay. You know, so I got to compete with he played corner, man. So I got the best of both worlds. Like, yeah, you know, wow. Going against him on a day to day. It was a blessing, man. And um, that's my boy, man. I, I love Anthony Death. He taught me a lot, you know what I'm saying? And he wasn't the only one. It was a lot of guys that played on that highest level on, on the defense side of the ball and actually made it to the NFL, you know what I'm saying, that I had on that team. So, yeah, I was grateful to be there. 
Absolutely. So sounds like you had a you know, great time there at Portland State. I do know that you had some adversity from a medical standpoint there yes, as well. So is that something you can share or care to talk about? Yes, sir. So um, I think it was the year 2020 going to 2021. So it was right after that COVID season. We didn't have a COVID season. So we just all trained. Um, after that, going into that season, it was my junior year of football. It was supposed to be a big year for me. I came back. I actually came back like 15, uh, 15 pounds bigger. I got bigger, faster, stronger. Like I was training my butt off, man. So I was ready for this moment. And during the Christmas party, I caught COVID. And um, we had a rule. Basically, if you caught COVID and you showed symptoms, I showed symptoms a couple the few the first few days. It was like, well, you go in, go get your test, take an EKG. I didn't know what an EKG was at the time, so. I had symptoms. I could. I shared it with the staff because I was worried about the rest of my teammates. I didn't want to give nobody COVID. And then took the EKG, and it came back abnormal. So wow. nobody knew what that meant. Um, like I said, it was a scary time for everybody. And the first thing everybody assumed was something's wrong with your heart. So you got to go further mm-hmm. testing and see. During this, before they even shut me down, I was still training. So we're um, and it's a day I remember like specifically like we're training. And my head trainer is right there and we're running wind sprints and it's a hard workout. It's cold. It's about 30 degrees and the windshield is crazy, man. Like it's it's cold out there and we're running wind sprints and I'm killing everybody. I'm in the front like I'm talking mess. I'm like, man, it's just work. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doing that. And the, uh, they had me take an updated EKG and it was still abnormal later after that workout. And. Come to find out, they was like, yeah, you know, we got to shut you down for a little bit till we figure out what's wow. going on. So that whole spring, man, I had to watch my teammates just go at it at spring ball. And they made me, they did their best making me feel like I was still part of the team. But, you know, obviously you're upset when you work this hard and you have to sit down because of circumstances that's out of your control. And um, I went through further testing. Um did MRIs, all type of things, man, just to make sure my heart was in order. And it was about an eight-month span. And I got to meet some of the best cardiologists in the NCAA. And they actually helped me with my case, which was a blessing for me because, you know, they could have gave me any cardiologist uh, or cardiologist to look at my situation. But there was this was a case of a lot of athletes passing out, you know, around this time. So they wanted to make sure I was good. And one of my coaches was able to get in contact with some of the best doctors. And they uh, was able to treat my say my case, and from there, man, everything was looking well. You know, um, I had to take a stress test that in that time that was crazy. So a stress test is basically when they check to see if it's genetic, and then they make you get on a, a treadmill and you got to incline, walk up an incline for as long as you can, and then you start jogging. So I don't even remember what my time was. I do remember though, I had the second highest record in the hospital. And it was like the dude ahead of you, he only beat you by a couple seconds, but he was a basketball player. <laughs> and from there, it was like, man, you're in shape. Like, you're good. <laughs> so um, after reevaluating all my tests and whatnot, everybody, um, it came to the conclusion that I was actually good to participate in the season. And um, the best thing about it was it was no signs of sudden cardiac arrest. Awesome. Like, awesome. Yeah. That was the best thing. So it like, was like, you're perfectly fine. You're healthy, you know. Um, you could play this season for sure. Just continue to get updated testing until we figure out what's going on. And man, I was able to play my junior season and it was like nothing happened. I just had a ton of paperwork, man. But I sat out for six to eight 
months and didn't really do like I couldn't even do much. And the most I was able to do was push ups and get on a bike. So that was the unfortunate thing. My biggest thing in the back of my head was always being ready for camp. And I didn't think I was going to be ready. But when the time came, I was and it worked out in my favor, man. So, wow, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Amazing story, but I uh, mean, what a blessing, man, that everything worked out. Not only that you were okay, but to be able to return to sports, you know, it's one thing for you to be okay and live your life, but, you know, sometimes after athletes experience those types of things, maybe they can go on and live a normal life, quote-unquote normal life, but they can't continue on with sports. So a double blessing for you that everything was okay. Yeah, for sure. God, God, man, he looked out for me all the way, and he always has during my journey. You know, and it was one of them things where I had to just, was like, you know, it's a part of my story. This is my testimony. And I came back from something that a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, don't get the chance to. So I'm thankful. Right. And then from there, the journey continued. You finished up at Portland State and ended up going to Central Missouri. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yep. So University of Central Missouri, a D2. Um, Man, uh, that was crazy within itself. So I felt like I wasn't getting everything I needed out of Portland State. For example, the fact that I worked my tail off and I was playing great throughout the first half of the season. I was going through a lot during the season, coming back from the heart situation. And then I lose my, I lost my grandma during the season. And then my grandfather had a stroke. So it was a lot going on during that season. And for me to actually like tune it all out and focus on what I wanted to do at the time, like, you know what I'm saying? Be the best I could possibly be on the football field. It wasn't easy, but I made it happen. And I was playing lights out, man, you know, like, Unfortunately, like the first game was in Hawaii. That was one of the best experiences I ever had in my life, playing the game I love in Hawaii. And we was there for a couple of days early. So we got to hang out around the island. We was on Honolulu. So it was, you know what I'm saying? It was a blessing to even be there. But unfortunately, one of my teammates went down that game, and that was the beginning of all. They gave me, I started getting more burned and started making plays here and there. And um, yeah, man, they started to see my dedication and see I was bought in. And it was okay. He knows a little bit more. Going to week two, we played Washington State. And one of my teammates go down that play slot. We didn't have more slot receivers. And my coach at the time, Derek Hagan, shout out Coach Hagan. He's one of the best coaches I had. Um, him and Coach Skyler Fulton, they both played on the highest level, coached on the highest level. And I learned so much from them. But Coach Hagan at the time was like, George, can you play slot? And I said, wow. yeah, man, we're going to give you opportunity. He said, man, do what you do at practice. I threw me in the slot, man. I played the slot the whole game. I, What's your, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your height? What's your height and weight? I'm 6'3", two, uh, 215 pounds. In the slot. In the slot. <laughs> yeah, man. I, at first, I thought, oh, they was going to have me out there just blocking some linebackers. No, I was out there running out routes, running flats. Like, I was really in the slot, in the mix, getting open, too, man. You know, it was a different it was a different look for my quarterback, so it threw him off a little bit. He was like, I'm getting open. He didn't expect me to get open. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. I'm having fun. But, yeah, man. Um that was the game that basically set it off for me. And then going to week three, um, we play in Western Oregon, which was a smaller team. And um, it was one of them games I sat a little bit more than I wanted to. Everybody thought we was going to blow these guys out because we were supposed to. But these guys was actually playing their tail off. And they just threw me in. They threw me in after halftime, after it was raining. Because, you know, Portland, you just never know when you're going to get rain. And they threw me in after halftime, after it was raining. So I took off my gloves. You know, my confidence is like, man, like, it shook a little bit. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, your first play, you have to catch it because it's pouring. And my first route was a slant route. 
and it, it's on coverage. And so I run the slant, catch it with, you know what I'm saying, catch it, no gloves. Like, and it wasn't nobody catching up, just straight hands, man. And, <laughs> and from there, they started feeding me a little bit more. And then, you know, I made a, a one of my best plays in my career. I snagged the ball over like three guys running the seam. And that was wow. the game. I was like, okay, yeah, we could trust wow. this. So from there, you know what I'm saying? I got rolling, but towards the back end of the season, we started losing a little bit more. Coaches want to go with personnel changes, you know. You can't argue with that. They're trying to figure out what's right and what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? That's going to help us get to the playoffs. So, you know what I'm saying? I just chalked it up to what it was and just stayed ready for whenever, you know what I'm saying, I got in. And I wasn't getting much love getting the ball that much, but, you know, I was in there making key plays and helping my teammates out doing what I do on special teams, making plays on special teams. And, you know what I'm saying? It was all for the greater purpose. But, yeah, man, um, I took off. I decided to hit the portal after that season. I was like, I could go in the offense and be the guy. I had the confidence to do it. And um, when I got in the portal, talked to a million schools. Okay. Wanted to come to the SWAC. Well, you know, that's a different story. I talked to Daylin and then my boy Herman Smith, who played. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wanted to come to the SWAC. Um, actually talked to a lot of schools in the SWAC. And didn't expect Jackson State to be one of the schools to take a chance on me further down the line. But, um, yeah, man, talked to a lot of guys. And UCM just sent, sent, seemed like the perfect place because of my trainer in Portland. He played there. He knew the coaches and whatnot. And they were great people, stand-up people on that end. It was a smaller school, but everybody was like, man, you go in there, run it up, and get out. So when I got to UCM, I had to sit down because of the whole heart situation. It didn't reoccur. It's just that it was a smaller school. And they didn't. They never had a situation like that, so it was a liability thing. They couldn't even wow. risk. Well, wow. man, I was that when I got to UCM, that first, that first year. Yeah. So what was that like, sitting, man? I mean, you, could you you couldn't practice? Did you travel? Like, what was? Or were you just a student? No. Nah, so um, so shout out to those coaches over there, man. Um, they actually gave me an opportunity to still be a part of the team. So their biggest thing is doing your one eleven. You know what I'm saying? Um, they loved my character. They loved everything I stood for. They knew I was a great player. Obviously, nobody expected me to come back and play because it's, it was something that was out of their control, too. They couldn't do much about it. Like, they was like, this guy is perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but his, and his paperwork says it, but, you know, at the time. They didn't want to risk it. Yeah, they didn't want to risk it, and I understand that. So um, that that led me to having to get reevaluated so I could end up getting cleared. But um, they made me a student assistant. So – so my coach at the time wanted me to be a real coach. He wanted me to become a coach. He liked everything I stood for and was like, I, he was like, I want to groom you to become a coach. I believe you could be a real good coach in this game. And I was all for it at the time. But then as I started to see more and more that the coaches had to do on a daily basis, like being in the office, and, and you know, it's a commitment to them. I see everything they do and I respect everything they do. But for me, I was like, nah, man, like, I don't know if I want to be a, a college football coach this young, you know, yeah, like but just not right now. And um, so I helped out, you know, I was able to help out on the offense side of the ball, um, cut up cards. Cause we had wristbands at the time, um, help with play calls, have play sheets, help coach up the receiver room. You know what I'm saying? Bringing a younger kind of like being a younger guy, bringing a different type of approach, you know what I'm saying? As the coach would say, like a fresh approach to them and just teaching them more. Um, Help my DFO, my DFO coach D, one of the best in the world, man. I love Coach D to death, but um, I helped Coach D out, man, and was doing like setting up huddle, uh, doing film breakdown, doing replay, 
all type of stuff, uh, giving the guys breakfast in the morning. I was up at like 5 a.m. doing all type of stuff, setting up tents for the game, like doing crazy yeah. stuff, but getting my feet wet, learning different avenues within the game. And it was a pretty cool experience because it showed me like even if I wanted to do something outside of football, I could find myself more, well inside the game, but not being physically. Right, right. I could become more valuable to a team, you know what I'm saying, still by just doing those little things and just being me. So, yeah, it was it was it was weird at first, but honestly, I enjoyed the process and I enjoyed the people that I met. And I enjoyed being able to learn under those guys like Coach D. He taught me a lot, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was a different process, though, for sure. Right, right. All right, so your time at UCM came to an end and back in the portal. So this time around, Jackson State, back in the picture, how we get back into the picture? Because at this point, I think Herman and uh, Dalen either had already left or were in the process of leaving. So how did it all kind of play out? They was on their way out. Um, so – I was at the end of that season at UCM. I went to go get reevaluated. And this is crazy. But this whole process was crazy. So I had to take the same test that I took when I was at Portland State again, just so they could make sure that everything was all good. At this time, I haven't talked to the doctor that cleared me in like over a year. So I emailed him and was chopping it up. And he was like, honestly, if you want this to all be done and you don't want to have to deal with this, you have to go see Dr. Dresner. Dresner is considered one of the best cardiologists in the NCAA, and his resume speaks for itself. He is. He's over there in Seattle in UW Medical at the University of Washington. And he got me in contact with him. I emailed him, so we set something up. Um, one of my best friends that from Portland State, his name is Emmanuel Dagby. He lives in Seattle, and Seattle is one of my favorite cities. You know, it's, it was three hours away from Portland, so I was always back and forth. So in my eyes, I'm like, oh, yeah, a trip to Seattle? I get to go out there, go hang out with my boy, you know, whatnot. So, um, I mean, obviously keeping business, business, I got to get cleared. But I went out to Seattle, trained out there for a couple of days, met with him, met with one of my coaches, Coach Fulton, that I mentioned earlier, and um, just enjoyed myself out there. And um, we went to UW. Emmanuel dropped me off. I went in and go talk to Dresner, and he reevaluated my case, had me take more tests, and was the one that told me I was good to play. He was like, I understand why your situation was the way it was, but trust me, we're going to get you cleared to play. Your test is coming out good. You know, you have to take another MRI. Boom. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, did all that, went home, went back to San Diego, see my peoples for a little bit, and then started training. Because at this time, remember, after the season, like, I, I, didn't, I couldn't really do much. And I wasn't training. I knew I was going to get cleared, but I wasn't training just to be safe. I wanted them to reevaluate my heart in the form of me just not because they, they have a thing called athlete's heart. And it's like if you over condition yourself, it's like the heart is a muscle. So when you over condition, it kind of takes the form of, you know what I'm saying, of, of of a muscle like to make it make sense. Like when you lift more, you get bigger. When you run a lot, your heart will get bigger. That's how they explain it to me. Okay. Right. You know, so I was like, OK, um, I'm going to just have to sit it down for a little bit. So I did sat it down for a little bit. Wait till after the season, did all that, went home, started training again. So I shed about 20 pounds, just training back home, getting back to it, and then went back to school. Told them my plan, I was going to get cleared. Everybody was like, okay, we got your back, you know. And I ended up going back to San Diego to take the MRI. And the, the day when I went to go take the MRI, it was two days before the Super Bowl. And this is the Super Bowl, and it was in Arizona. And it was Kansas City versus Philly. Um, everybody, I was staying pretty much in Kansas City. So I flew out of KC. And before I like I, before I even flew out, like when I got on a flight, 
um, it was something wrong with the the front tire. So we had a bunch of mad KC fans because they all going to Arizona for the Super Bowl. So it was something wrong with the flat tire. They, you know, so I I got a, I got a delay. My my MRI test is tomorrow, and I have to be home by like three p.m. in order to get cleared. And so now I'm panicking because it's delayed, and it's like, okay, well we can't fly out till tomorrow morning, but you're not gonna get to San Diego until like five p.m. So I instantly called my mom and I was like, mom. Please work your magic. Call this lady and let her know I'm going to get here late. And it was something like the uh, the specialist that uh, flew into San Diego. She was only going to be there for a day or so. So it was like I had to go see her that day or I couldn't, you know what I'm saying, take my test for like another month out. So my mom called them up, told them my situation. At first, they wasn't bulging. But then my mom was like, he can't control what's going on. You guys, please help him out. And by the grace of God. They gave me an extension to uh, be there by like around five and which was pretty crazy because the next day my flight got delayed again. So now it went from me getting home around three to me actually being home around four thirty five. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, I ended up making it, though. And God ended up making it, made it home, got to the uh, hospital, got the MRI, everything checked out well, got back on the plane after hanging out with my family for a little bit, went back to school and got cleared. They cleared me to play. So I participated in the spring at UCM, man. And I went crazy. Like after not playing ball for like a year and some change, I probably had one of the best spring balls of my life, man. So that's that's what led me to um, wanting to leave, hit the portal. You know, I just had a, after having that, after having that good spring and just like, Revaluing my whole situation and just what I wanted to do with my career. You know, I sat down and I prayed on it and I asked God, like, you know, is it meant for me to be here? Was it meant for me to be here for just temporary moment or, you know what I'm saying? Is there more in store for me? Can I, you know what I'm saying? Can I just get back in this portal and get something bigger and then be put on a bigger platform? And it took me a while to just to run with, you know what I'm saying, my decision, but I I ended up entering the portal. So, yeah, when I hit the portal, Jackson State was one of the first few teams that reached back to me, and they were really interested in T.C. Taylor. Like my, uh, like my tape, shout out to Coach T.C., man. I love Coach T.C., but, yeah, he loved my tape, and, yeah, the rest was history. That's how I ended up here. I mean, I had other some other schools that hit me up, like Western Kentucky, Maine, but once I got Jackson State, it was, I wanted Jackson State for sure. Wow. Wow, man! So a big move, man, across the country to Mississippi. Talk about your experience in Mississippi at Jackson State. Let's start as a as a student. Just was the student life there here at Jackson State. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Jackson State. That's all I gotta say, man. I love Jackson State. Um, I got here. A lot of great people from day one when I got here. Um, my first day getting here, I was just because um one of the coaches that was here, Coach Mitch. Um, I'm actually real cool with him. He, him and Coach Mario, they're like my big bros. So I'm real cool with them guys. And um, they took me, well, Coach Mitch, his family's from Mississippi. They took me to a barbecue somewhere in the middle of Jackson. So I got to meet, meet some locals. And when they found out I was a Jackson State football that player, was it. excited, man. They love, man, from the grandma to <laughs> auntie to, yeah, they love me. So I'm out I'm out in the yard with some old heads that I ain't never met in my life. And I'm basically telling my life story, how I ended up getting into Jackson State. They love every moment of it. And it was like, man, you know what? You neff now. Some old dude, he was like, you now. He was like, you going to see me in the vet. You neff now. Just know. <laughs> he said, we're well, here. Now. You know it's me. Uh, so 
Yeah. Um, I love Jackson State, man. The people is great. This whole community is great, man. And it's just a blessing to be here for sure. Student life is fun. You know, it's always some type of event going on on campus. You know, I'm, me being kind of an older guy, I was able to pop out here and there, but I was always, you know, saying in the house. At first, I didn't really want to partake in any of it. And then when there, uh, you know, my friends was like, man, you know what? You got to go check it out. Some of my teammates too. They're like, you got to go check it out, bro. You're going to HBCU. Yeah, absolutely. Once in a lifetime experience, go check out some events. So I was able to go to some events during homecoming and check everything out. And, yeah, like I said, man, I love Jackson State, man. It's great. It's a great environment to be in. And then talk about the experience, the black college football experience, because I know that's different from different. Your previous schools. And then even coming from the West Coast, something totally different. So what's that experience like? Just being at the vet, the bands playing and all that. Yeah, man. So the vet is electric for sure. Um, it's one of them things. It's like so surreal being in that. And that's what I'm saying. I got to play in some big, like, environments but it was just different like when i was at portland state we played against oregon and austin stadium austin stadium was one of the most loud stadiums ever but it didn't feel nothing like that like and part of the reason was because we were visitors and then we played arkansas when i was at portland state the university of arkansas and almost beat the university of arkansas so just being in front of a packed house for them that was a home opener and almost beating them and hearing like a penny drop that was cool but it was nothing like portland state like the vet is just different it's like First of all, it's a home stadium, so you're going to get all the love. Second of all, it's just, you know, you smell that good food from the parking lot coming in <laughs> on the field. And the, uh, the boom, shout out to the boom. You know, I'm a big fan of the boom. The boom be going crazy, man. So it's just, it's experience like no other, man. I loved every moment of it, just being in that stadium and getting in front of our fans. Our fans are so dope. I love the passion behind it. I love how they ride for us no matter what. Okay. Uh, you know, man, we could be playing terrible, and they still got our backs, you know. So, man. Um, it reminded me of Lincoln. That's how it was. Obviously, we didn't sell it out like Lincoln, but that's how it was. That's how the community was when I was at Lincoln High School. So, like I said, this was a great pick for me for sure, man. It just felt like I was home. Absolutely, absolutely. So, man, your college career finally comes to an end, but uh, you're looking to move on to the next level. Coming up, you'll be showing off your skills at the 2024 National Scouting Combine. That's in Indiana. So, how'd that come about? How'd you get the news? Um. So, towards the end of the season, I, I kind of knew. I, I still knew I wanted to play ball. I feel like I had a lot in the tank. So I was just training, and I decided to get on LinkedIn and start promoting myself a little bit more, getting connected with some agents and whatnot. And when I declared officially, that's when I just had several DMs on Twitter, my LinkedIn. A lot of people was tapping in with me on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and then on Instagram, a couple of agents here and there. But um, I got an invite from the National Scouting Combine, and I didn't really know much about it, so I did my research and looked into it. And I was like, okay, it's an opportunity for me to actually showcase my skills in front of a lot of people. And it's in Indy at the Coast Facility, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it's the week before the draft. So it's going to be a lot going on that week. It's going to be All-Star Weekend also out there. But, man, it's um, it's a blessing. You know, God looked out for me, man. You know, um, fortunately, I didn't have the season that I wanted to have at Jackson State. But, you know, to be able to have an opportunity to showcase your skill in front, before Pro Day, in front of the scouts, and agents and a lot of guys and just kind of get in front of the right eye so they could see, okay, this guy is real legit. It's just a blessing, man. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm representing Jackson all the way through, man. You know, I have to, I got to put on, I got to go out there and go crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's a moment I've been preparing for my whole life. And this like, you got to go boss for us only right, man. You know, so I'm going out there and compete for sure. 
the floor. Absolutely. You and uh, your team, for former teammate at Jackson State, Josh Clark as well, was selected. So, you know, we'll be behind you supporting you. I know you're already feeling the support on social media. When you sent out that tweet announcing that you would be going to this combine, I'm pretty sure the Jackson State fans thought that you know they had your back and was showing you support, right? Yeah, they really, man, like I said, I love, I appreciate the love and support because they really had my back and was really rooting for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, and that's the crazy thing about it, you know, um, I don't know most of these people, but you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I do for the simple always pulling for me, no matter what, no matter what. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. So you'll be in front of some scouts. What are you looking to show the scouts, man, at this combine? What are they going to see? What are they going to get? Honestly, honestly, yeah. I mean, they, they're going to see it. They're going to see some, some sparks of jump ball George for sure. I got to give them flashes of jump ball George, but uh, I really just want to be able to showcase more than anything. Just, you know what I'm saying, that physicality that I bring to the game and my route running ability. I feel like, you know, a lot of people see big receivers and they think we're one-dimensional. A lot of times, you know, and with a name like Jumbo George, it's a blessing, you know what I'm saying, I bring to a game. I bring a 50-50 ball aspect to the game. A lot of coaches will love that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to come down with those type of plays, but I want to also show scouts that, yeah, I'm more than a big receiver. Like, you know what I'm saying, I'm well-rounded and I can get open, so – that's that's my biggest thing going out there and showing that I can separate from defenders and I know how to set things up and get open and also just like my film shows a little bit but just showing guys that you know what I'm saying I work well for my teammates I bring that physicality I'm going to go out there and I'm going to block my tail off and make sure my backs get as many yards as they possibly can I'm going to block for my tight ends I'm going to do everything I can block for my quarterback you know so yeah sir that's all I'm looking to bring to the table you talked earlier about you moving to the slide and excel in there. So where do you project, uh, what position, where on the field at the next level? Is that something you've talked about with your agents or any scouts so far? Are you versatile or where are you looking to play? Yes, sir. So my versatility is actually what's been catching a lot of agents' eyes. And um, they, a lot of them think it's a great, it's a great selling point for me for the simple fact that I'm a big guy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of big guys, the most of the time we land at the X, we're the single side receiver. But they like you bring a like you bring a skill set to the game that a lot of big receivers don't. You get to go on the slot and you get to get open. You know what I'm saying? You know how to you know how to set defenders up. You know what I'm saying? They call it twitchy. You're a little twitchy. So <clears throat> that's that's I think that's the main thing that I'm gonna showcase. Like I said, but um, at the scouting combine, I I don't think they have specific. They don't have me down for a specific situation because I mean position because they asked me what position I play, what two positions I play, and I just put receiver in the lot. So I think um, my best – the best thing I should do there is just let people know I'm not a tight end. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a tight end, but I could play inside. And then when we get those reps, start getting a lot of inside reps to kind of show guys, okay, he's a real deal. He can actually get open in here. Gotcha, gotcha. What's that thing that's going to surprise some scouts, that thing that – they probably won't be expecting to see you do. Maybe if they look at your scouting report, it's not showing that you're good at this. Or maybe if they look at your strengths and weaknesses, it may say a weakness. But then when they see you, they're gonna say, "Wait a minute, that's not a weakness. He can get it done." Speed. That's straight okay. Speed. Like, okay. Speed, man. You know, um, and it has nothing to do with them knowing me personally. Like honestly, like it's just them seeing, like just knowing how for big receivers how we're perceived. Man, we're not perceived to be that fast. You know, a lot of us could run, but, you know, it doesn't look like that. They don't think we can run. So we have to show that we can run. And that's my biggest thing. I've been able to train with some of the best, you know what I'm saying, during this process. Um, shout out to Coach Beef, help me with the technique yeah. work and just getting stronger. 
um, Mike Espy with the receiver work, and then Arthur Avon, Coach Avon, actually coached DK Metcalf. Yeah, that was DK Metcalf's coach. So, yeah, it's far it's just perfect. Being good a- hands, man. Those all those guys you just named, man. No, <laughs> right. Especially being a big receiver, getting a, a work with DK Metcalf's coach. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, um, you know, they're um, they're investing a lot in me and giving me all they can, and they believe in me. So. You know, I just got to go out there with that confidence and just continue to show the technique that I learned. That's the biggest thing I've been harping on, just my 40. So I, I know I'm going to run a good time for sure. I can't call a number yet. I just know it's going to be a real good time just because of my work behind it and just the improvement that I've been making on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to shocking a lot of guys and them double-taking at their clocks, taking looking at the clock and be like, Nah, this can't be real. I'm gonna do right. that. Like, right. Yeah, I'm looking for that moment. So <laughs> I'm ready for it, man. What's that hiding weight? The hiding weight. So I actually came in five pounds overweight and I dropped because I feel like give me a, a a faster time. I was 220 after the season. I bulked up a little bit being at Jackson State. You know what I'm saying? Good eating, man. So yeah, I was still in shape, but I was just eating good. Oh, yeah, you're gonna eat good in Jackson, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah, um, I dropped the extra five and I was at 215 today. I rounded around like 213. I'm just kind of seeing where C fits. Um, my height is still, you know, still there, 6'3". So I'm going to say I look like I'm getting taller, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, man, I'm trying to make sure I stay in the most comfortable space possible. That way when I run, you know what I'm saying, I can just fly. And right now I've been flying. I've been feeling like this weight is the perfect size for me. Um, I've been able even when I run routes, I've been more fluid. So this might be the one, but I don't know. We're gonna keep seeing. We're gonna keep improving, keep improving, and trying to go from there. No doubt, no doubt. You know that vertical leap? Oh man, I'm I'm definitely getting 36 or above. Okay. That's, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy yeah, stuff. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Sir. All right, stuff. man. So I, I know every day you're training and working and preparing for this. So what's that daily routine? What's what's going on every day for you to prepare? Where are you working out at? Things like that. I know you mentioned some guys like Mike Espy, who's a big help, but I just kind of talk take us through that daily routine right now. So um for me, I don't really have a set as far as like just my workouts, getting them in order. I don't really have a set schedule. Um I just know like well on the weekends I do speed work, strictly speed work on the weekends. Um, throughout the week, it'd be a little sporadic. Sometimes I'll come out. I lift about three, four times a week. Um, route running about three times a week. And then that includes my lifting also includes technique work for my uh, for my 40. So working a lot of technique for my 40 and then a couple of the cone drills and whatnot. But, um, you know, waking up. Waiting until around noon, making sure I put the right things in my body because eating is the biggest thing, consuming the right things, making sure I take the vitamins I'm supposed to take, go out there, um, whatever I have that day, just going and attack it 100%, you know what I'm saying? And it's what we've been doing. I've been seeing improvement. And then from there, just going home and just getting on the phone with agents, talking to talking to a lot of guys, um, trying to promote myself a little bit more. So like using my social media to kind of just get myself out there so people could know me a little bit more. Cause I felt like a lot of people don't know me. So after, you know what I'm saying? Showcase that, um, watching tape. That's a big thing. Just every day watching tape, just trying to stay in it. And it could be anything. It could be just watching a football game, you know, cause you know, YouTube has everything and also have a hard drive with from those coaches that, um, I was able to become real close with, 
um, of some pro film. So just watching that, seeing different defenses that they might present on the next level, things like that, just kind of staying sharp in the mind and just being ready for those type of things. Cause you know, they're going to quiz you on those type of things. I want to know where your football IQ is at. Um, fortunately, I feel like I'm a really smart football player, but you know, I know the work that goes into it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just, that's, that's how the day goes. It's just, it seems a little hectic, but it's controlled chaos at the end of the day, man. It's it's simple. It's a lot, but it's simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, look, I'm glad we were able to get you on here to finally tell your story. I think perfect timing because obviously what you got going on, if this is something that the fans, uh, they definitely have, you know, are hearing about but want to know more about because, you know, we, we got your back, man. We're pulling for you. We're rooting for you. As with all our Tigers, we want to see you successful. We want to see you go on to do great things and rep the I love. So for okay. those fans who aren't already following you, let them know where they can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, so on, on Twitter, you can find me at JumpBallGeorgie with a Y. And then on Instagram, you find me at JumpBallGeorge. You know, appreciate everybody, all the love and the support throughout the season, after the season. You know, I'm always going to rep the I love. I just love this school, everything about it. I'm just grateful to be be able to call myself an alum at the end of the day. You know, like, awesome. a lot of don't get that opportunity. So I get to come back for a homecoming and get to see my guys play and things like that and just be around you guys. You know what I'm saying? Feel that love and support. It's a special place for sure, man. It is. A lot of people don't believe it until they're in it. When you're in it, you have to be here to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, man, I'm grateful for it all. Thank you. Good stuff, man. Well, again, we're wishing you the best. Go out and make us proud as, as we know you will, and then come back on here and let us know all about it. Yes, sir. Thank you. I all right, man. Good stuff. All right. Take care, brother. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club is presented by Bet Online.